welcome to another episode of Not This, the podcast that seeks to deconstruct fear-based belief patterns and systems with curiosity and love. I'm your host, Tina Marie Olson, and this week's episode is such a treat. It's a conversation with Cassandra Nice, who is the branding and marketing maven behind the Dharma Collective. And uh, talking to her is just grounded, expansive, playful, calming. It's It just feels like nourishment and love, which I think you can probably agree with me that we could all use quite a bit more of right now. So I really hope you enjoy our conversation. I hope you feel called to connect with Cass about any potential design that she might be able to do for you because she and her work her ability to co-create truly is absolute magic. I am sending you so much love. Thank you so much for coming to have this conversation with me, Cass. I adore you. And I adore your work and I adore your energy. So this is going to be so much fun. It is. Thank you so much for having me, Tina. It's truly an honor to join you in this medium and to be mm. having this conversation today. I'm so excited. Mm, I love this. Well, I definitely want to talk about your work and your journey and the logical starting place. Not that this is about logic, but anyway, the easiest <laughs> starting place is the fact that not this, the podcast was born through us. Yes. <laughs> you yes. Know, I had the vision finally. I say finally because I'd been kind of like, ah, for some period of time, there was something that wanted to come through me. And yet it hadn't like taken form. It hadn't chosen a name, all the stuff. And when it finally did, you were the person who I was like, your energy can visually bring this to life in a way that's going to get its pure, unique essence and feel completely aligned. Because as I say, this is not my podcast, it's Spirit's podcast. And so mm -hmm. Spirit had the perfect co-conspirator co <laughs> <laughs> to work with me on that. And that was you. And so mm -hmm. I came to you through finding you on another website I loved, but talk to mm -hmm. us a little bit about like, what it is that you do and why you got called to that is your dharma. Yes, that's a great place to start. So, um, oh, and I just love how you illustrated that process of like you having this idea or, you know, spirit coming and giving you, you know, these instructions and that I was the one to help you because that's truly how I see my work is someone comes to me with an idea or a vision, and then I help them bring that forth into the world. Sometimes like, you know, you could think of it as like a doula or, but totally. it's, it's so much more than that. I kind of feel like I'm like an alchemist in a way yes. because yeah, it's like somebody has this vision for like your podcast or a brand or a website. And I 
them intuitively kind of feel into their vision and then bring it forth into something tangible that we can actually see or sometimes touch if it's packaging or a book or listen to if it's a podcast like and because that's the way that people are engaging with the world more and more now than ever before is visually or like through our senses Mm -hmm. so the better that we can articulate who we are and what we do through visuals I think the that we're set up for success that way because mm-hmm. people are able to feel attracted to it and know that it's for them just by seeing it and getting that feeling. So it's a really cool job that I, and you know, having it be like my Dharma, it's really, really cool. And it's always an, a kind of a natural progression whenever I work with a client to just have them come into the experience. And then it's so, I have no idea what we're going to create at the end of it. You know, it's like, yeah, we could say like a brand or a website or a podcast. But then it's always really cool to see like what comes out the other side because it's, it's truly a collaborative process throughout the whole thing. And that's just why I love what I do because that's, that is it, you know, in its mm-hmm. essence, even though on paper, you know, I have all my titles, but that really is more of the juice of it, I guess. That's um, that I just, uh, I was so drawn to and I never had words or heard you articulate this and it's yes you're absolutely an alchemist and you feel into the energy so uh, spirit could have told me part of the story for this podcast but not until you felt in the energy and started adding your color and flavor and texture and then I could then feel into that and add what I'm getting and it's it really is truly alchemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> I love it. I really do. And it's so cool just to get to know my clients on such a personal level. You know, I feel like we've cultivated such a beautiful relationship and to feel like I'm a part of their journey and that I help bringing people's dharma and their passion forth into the world. And that's just such a sacred special thing for all of us so to be along for that ride is just such such an honor time Mm. and time again so it's really cool Mm. thank you for also reminding you know through having this conversation being reminded of those things yeah yeah and we've used the word dharma a couple times because your business Mm -hmm. is called the dharma collective Mm -hmm. and so talk to me about what dharma means to you there's so dharma is such a cool concept because it has a myriad of meanings and applications throughout all different Sikh traditions and you know Jain and Hindu they all have their own kind of interpretation of the word Um, but the one that I relate to the most is through Hinduism and it is this notion that we all have our own calling and our own purpose on this earth And that is our dharma. And to live in alignment with our dharma means that we understand and see our natural gifts and talents in a way that we can use them to serve others and thus serve humanity. And when we're in touch with and aligned with our dharma, like we're living from a place of peace and alignment. So we're then rippling that out into the world. And we're also an example of showing people I'm naturally good at this and I'm making my life, this is my life's work and I'm doing it. And I think that is just such a beautiful example to set 
for everyone around us because it empowers others and lifts them to feel like they can do it too. Because we are also all so naturally talented at things, but we don't give ourselves permission to follow that and in a way that could then we could monetize and it could become our life's work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I think that we all have that capacity. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. When I was, it was interesting. I, I went to the chiropractor. I see a network chiropractor, which you might be familiar with coming from Colorado. There's a lot of it out there. Yeah. yeah um, I heard of it. And so I was on the table this morning and I started to get, a vision, a visual explanation of kind of an abstract concept that I had been noodling on lately. And I thought to myself, isn't it fascinating that I have this ability to receive and digest life through this inner vision. And at the same time, I have almost no capacity to physically like draw it or like make it like I, it doesn't come, then come out of my body into a visual way that would make sense to others. And of course that came to me, that question, that um, paradox, if you will, because we were about to have this conversation because the gifts that you were given was exactly that, how to bring somebody's vision, somebody's dream, somebody else's Dharma in the way that they help people to life Mm -hmm. visually. And so it just is that perfect demonstration of the interconnectedness and how, when each of us is actually living our Dharma and we're clear on what that is, we find the other pieces of our puzzle Mm -hmm. that are what make it all come to life. Cause we're not, we're meant to be here in community and in connection. We're not meant to have all the gifts. We have an abundance of gifts. We're magical and we're meant to get to play with everybody else's gifts too. Exactly. And I think when we are in touch with that and we're able to find the right people to connect the dots together, then we're able to do so much more because like you said, it's like, we, we don't have all the gifts. We're all unique and special in our own ways. And when we honor that and we don't try and be a thousand different things kind of doing a shitty job doing a thousand things like we're able to just be in our zone of genius so to speak Mm -hmm. um then we're even more it just it's even just even better it's all more sparkly and fun because it feels good to do what we do and in community with others yeah oh it's so good Mm -hmm. so when you came out of school and you started work, whatever that looked like for you, were you right on your Dharma right away? Or was, has this been an evolution? That I'm so glad you asked that because that was definitely my, like, not this moment Mm. (laughs) was like, okay, I've been put into this hamster wheel, so to speak of like, okay, I'll go to college, I'll get a job and I'll be happy at that job because I'll be able to pay my bills and I'll have a paycheck and all those things that we're told like adulting is just going to be so great. (laughs) And I know I'm not the only one who definitely felt like, no, 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 no. Um, I am fortunate that when I did go to college, I got a degree in uh, 
communications and media design. It's kind of like a hybrid of all those things. And I was very, I was very drawn to the graphic design elements in that Mm -hmm. major, which, you know, so I knew what leaving college, I was like, I'm going to get a job. It's I've, I've worked in marketing before. Like when I was in college, I was working in marketing. So I knew that it would be in graphic design. So I got a job as a graphic designer and immediately hated it <laughs> um, because it was just a corporate setting. And I really didn't like having someone else dictate my life, like, and tell me when I could take days off, when I could be sick, like all these, it was just, I, it was kind of backwards to me. I didn't love it. And that's because um, I come from a very entrepreneurial family. <laughs> so mm. it was very natural for me to feel like, I'm, I'm going to carve my own way and like create my own path here. Um, so I, I'm also fortunate that in that job, I was able to see the good bits and Mm -hmm. feel grateful, you know, for the paycheck, for lovely people to work with, you know, kind of focusing on those got me through the, the days when it didn't feel so great. And, um, I learned a lot at that job. I learned a lot about project management and working with directly with clients. It was a graphic design job, but I also had had like 50 open projects at one time. It was like, it was just a lot of work. So I was able to figure out like, Oh, you know what? I'm getting a lot of skills. You know, I can communicate with the clients. Well, I can project manage. Um, I'm also doing the design. So it was like So once I left that job, um, I then was like, I can do this. I can try and figure out how to freelance. I kind of pieced some jobs together. I also started teaching yoga at that time. So I was kind of beginning to create my own schedule. And then it just kind of built from there into what I do now, you know, working directly with clients, with branding, website design, packaging, all the, all the good, all the fun things. And Um, I'm so grateful for that journey because it brought me to where I am and all those, you know, I think that's also a beautiful part of seeing our dharma is like living in this holistic picture of our lives to know that like every piece along the way is bringing you to exactly where you need to be at any given moment, uh, with the information and the feedback that you've gotten, you can then make decisions to move forward that feel better for you, you know, Mm -hmm. that feel like they're going to be more aligned. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely kind of how my journey was, you know, it was like, I like this. I don't like this. That was mm-hmm. good feedback. So then moving in the directions that felt good as I moved, moved forward. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you already had like a really good GPS of like, simply that's not for me. Oh yeah. This is for me. I'll take it with me. Oh, no, that's not for me. That's not for me. Mm-hmm. And that seems like it would help so much to get on your path that much more quickly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think having the courage to not be like afraid, I think there's a lot of fear that holds others back when it comes to not listening to maybe that GPS or that, that feedback, that information that we do get. I think sometimes it can be scary um, Mm -hmm. what we're hearing and not actually wanting to follow it because it will put us, make us a bit uncomfortable when we make those big decisions and changes, but to do it anyway. And I've had a lot of wonderful people in my corner in my life to support me through that. Mm -hmm. I think that's another big piece of making those changes is making sure you have a solid support system around you Mm -hmm. to help you. Mm -hmm. It's really, really true because other people around can see through the fear and, if, I mean, it's just, it's so funny because 
we see other people's fears so clearly. We're like, don't let that stop you. But then sometimes our own feels like a giant brick wall to try to get through. And so it's so important to have people reminding us that it's just the fear monster and that there's, there's always a way to resolve it. There's always a way to figure it out and, and to just keep trusting. It's like, it really does give us so much courage to continue to move forward. I'm curious when yoga entered your life. Yoga entered my life kind of right after college, but like I took some classes in college, but felt very drawn to it after college. After I graduated, I um, just got super into it. One of my roommates was like, oh, we're going to this yoga class. Like you want to come? And immediately I felt very called to the practice. I, mm. I would go home or I would go to yoga. I was so, I'm also a dancer. I have a really um, long mm. dance background. So um, I loved the the movement element and the, also the mindful combined with mindfulness. So I, uh, immediately, like I would go to a yoga class and then I'd like sit in my car afterwards and be like, we did this move. And I would like draw these stick figures. Cause I didn't even know the terms. I was like, I, we did this and this, and then I would start, started doing it at home on my own pretty quickly after actually going to classes. So I was like cultivating a home practice, like really quickly, just because I loved it so much. And I would like, you know, put on my music and like move around and just had so much fun doing that. So I knew that I would continue down that path for sure. Just like continuing to go to yoga, but for whatever reason, I also felt called to just teach others. So I would like teach my friends or like lead my friends right away just for fun, because like I liked doing it and we liked doing it together. And then it just kind of rolled from there. I, I had this teacher in where I was living at the time and I, I just loved his style and his practice. It was very grounded and um, very alignment based as well. So I just learned from him and I did my yoga teacher training through a local studio that I just loved. And then from there, I felt so nervous because after teacher training, I was like, I was moving to a new town, a new place. I'd never been there. I was moving to Nashville, Tennessee. And I, shortly after arriving in Nashville, I got a part-time job at an office, an office building, um, and they needed a yoga instructor. So it was like, again, like feeling like I was on my path and that all of these, like, you're, you're on your path, keep going because these opportunities, these opportunities would come and they felt so aligned and right where I, where I was, that was what I needed to be doing. Um, mm-hmm. cause it helped me push me in that direction, um, and continue mm-hmm. on that path. So, um, yeah, I've, I taught for a while. I'm not teaching right now, but we'll probably spark it up here again soon. Um, and, and yeah, I just, I just love the practice of yoga and it's become such a foundational p- element of mm-hmm. my life. And every single day starts with my practice of meditation and asana or personal reflection and, it just sets me, it sets the tone for my day. And it always Mm -hmm. makes me like, kind of like that GPS, right? Where like, I'm tuning myself to the direction that I need to go in for the day, like finding my North star for the day, or, you know, just helping myself feel really connected to myself so that I can move forward more joyfully and more in alignment with where I am that in that day, you know, even if it's not Mm -hmm. feeling great, it's like, that helps me feel better you know, and helps me feel grounded. Mm. I just love hearing your story because it's such a contrast to my own experience, which has just been like spending tons of years and not this falling on my face, having dark nights, exploding, like being 
thrown onto my path and then like tripping and fought like, and you have, and I'm not, you know, denying that I'm sure you've had tough moments um, or, or, you know, periods of time, but it's like, there's so much grace. It feels like in your energy and the way you talk about your experience. And I'm just curious, like one thing that came up for me is it almost feels like a continuation of a lifetime where maybe you were in India or maybe you studied this a ton. It's like, there feels like there's some continuity um, Mm -hmm. and the, like the wisdom and the way that the yogic philosophy and kind of the, you know, the Hindu ideas, the wisdom, it just feels like it's so deeply threaded as a part of you that it's like, you just kind of like kept walking on the path. What, what comes up for you as I say that? Um, it's so funny that you mentioned that. And I, I feel that as well. I feel like there's been a lot of also just like trusting the flow. And I think that's a learned practice that I'm always learning and trying to practice. But like, I think that's a foundational element for me of having that grace and that ease is like, just trusting where I'm at at any given moment and like being okay with it, even if it feels hard in the moment, because this is all, I, I always remind myself, like, I am divinely led, like, it's, it's all going to be okay. You know, mm-hmm. I just remind myself of that often. But um, there is actually some history of, you know, the yogic philosophy in my family, um, my grandfather uh, practiced yoga, more of the philosophy, less asana, but um, he was very immersed in it and almost became a monk at one point. Like he was living um, in his teenage years. He like went to California to be a part of the movement and was really just enraptured with Ram Das and uh, as it was happening and unfolding. So that um, is kind of embedded in my, who I am and uh, my mother that's my mom's dad. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because as I was getting into my own practice and learning about yoga was the time that he was passing on. So we never actually connected and got to talk about it, but it makes me feel really connected to him. And, Mm -hmm. you know, on that ancestral level, like I know that Mm -hmm. he's there and, that's a part of my path, even though mm-hmm. growing up, um, we didn't have the closest relationship and even my mom and him didn't have the closest relationship. You know, he wasn't always so yogic, so to speak. Um, but he, he, that is a part of my journey and that mm-hmm. his, you know, knowing that he led, lit the way, so to speak for me to then enter into this world and feel like, Oh yeah, I belong here because, that, that had been lit, you know, that path had been shown Mm -hmm. to me. Mm, That's so neat. And what, what was your mom's relationship with yoga? So she, uh, she had a different path. So she wasn't um, like super into the yoga practice, but um, she did, was a Tai Chi instructor when I was growing up. So she was very much into like Western philosophy um, and Chinese medicine and um, meditation, you know, that was like my first exposure to meditation when I was young, just seeing her, you know, sitting on her pillow and being like, hey, Cass, you want to come like sit with me for a little bit? Um, You know, lighting the incense. um, That's kind of just what I remember. And, you know, so that was always also a part of my life growing up, like seeing that uh, and having her example, but never feeling 
pushed like into anything or like, oh, I'm doing this. Like, you should see this too. You should learn about this too. It was truly just allowing whatever path I wanted to take and know, and even just having that exposure so young, I think helped me just know it was even an option. Mm -hmm. Um, So that when I did find my own spiritual path, it was truly my own Mm -hmm. and I got to cultivate it myself, you know, versus like, you know, Hey, just try this. You know, like I was really just finding it for my own sake. Well, and one of the things I love about that so much, I mean, obviously your mom was truly living the talk and in the fact that she was inviting you to be a part of it, but not forcing anything upon you and not needing it to look a particular way. That was definitely, you know, her living super aligned. And what I love about this is for anybody listening who is a parent or they're thinking about having kids eventually, it goes to show what happens when parents and lineage do dedicate themselves to a truly spiritual practice. You know, we're talking about religious or not, but we're talking about the thing that's appreciably different from telling kids there's a right and a wrong way to interact with God or or whatever, you know, the, the things that have kind of traditionally led people away from religion or spirituality, which is this rigidity, right? And, and this fear and this condemnation. And like the opposite side of that is, that we truly can pass down working with energy, the fact that energy is a very real interaction, despite the fact that some of us are more tuned into actually being able to sense it tangibly than others, but it is the reality of who we are and that your own personal spiritual path and journey can definitely pave the way for future generations. We don't have to just keep tripping all over ourselves and continue to pass down multi-generational trauma to one another. And it's so important that we do our own healing work. And that's such a beautiful reflection because it's true. I mean, to know that it can just be our own personal journeys, but we can also set the tone and set, be an example for, you know, our, our, the next generations to come. Mm -hmm. So what's one of the things that you're most excited about right now in work or in life? Mm, What am I most excited? That's such a great question. It feels great. Um, especially (laughs) in, in this year, um, I am really excited about this new chapter that I've just embarked upon. Upon, um, moving back east. I was in Colorado and now I've moved back east um, to be closer to family and living here in the Blue Ridge Mountains in Asheville, North Carolina. That just feels really exciting and it feels like a new chapter, but one that feels re- way more aligned for me in terms of my goals and my goals with my partner as well and working towards those. Um, this, I just had a big reflection kind of this year with the pandemic and life and the world as we know it changing. And that was my just reflecting on how am I living? What do I want? And am I living in a way that aligns me with what I want? Mm. And seeing that in ways, yes. In other ways, no. And then moving forward towards 
things that yeah, these are actually things that I want. So for me, that was being closer to family. Like I love living a life of adventure. That's why I lived in Colorado and was near the mountains and, you know, could do, go outside and do all these fun things, but could I have both, you know, and, mm. and I can, it's true. You can have both. It's just about finding that perfect blend. Uh, so for me, it's, I'm just really excited to be entering into a new chapter that feels really supportive of my happiness and my well-being in a more holistic way. Mm-hmm. Mm, that feels so nourishing. And it feels like, to your point, like, I think 2020 is asking those questions of us. And I think for a lot of people, the grief, the trauma, all of that might be too heavy right now to, to have clear answers to those. And in which case, like, give yourself time and space to heal. But for those of you who are listening and are inspired by what just Cass just shared, that's like, you are showing everybody what's possible when you take some time to take a step back and non-judgmentally observe your life and just say, okay, what part of this is really, really working well. And then I want to make sure to keep, and what part of this needs to change? Because to your point, we can have it all. It's a, it's a creative question. Mm-hmm. That we, and that we all are, I did want to like touch on this too, is that we all are creative beings. Mm. I think that we've been shown a vision of creativity that it needs to be like artistic or it needs to be like pen to paper mm. uh, or, you know, con- conventionally, I guess, like kind of what I, you know, what I do creating visuals, but that's not it at all. Like we are naturally creative beings. We create our own environments. We create our life. We create mm. our spaces and place like we create it all and we create you know the food that comes onto the plates that we'll eat like and to put love and appreciation into all of that because we can't we all are naturally creative and we're Mm -hmm. creating every single day but to know and to understand that we're doing that helps us also give us creative freedom to then create whatever we want the experience that we deeply desire Mm. I'm thinking about like when do we stop thinking that we're creative beings? And I'm thinking about nieces that I have who are in high school, who probably, if I said every day is a creative act, they'd probably look at me like I had two heads. Like how much do I get create to create when I'm sitting on zoom school or, you know, regular school from eight to three, every single day, I, I don't even, and then I have my homework and like, there's not even space to create. And it's this, it's these structures that are now up for question. Like, what of this do we want to keep? What of this needs to change? And I go back to my own personal experience of my preschool that I just loved head over heels loved was called creative play. And it was more of like a Montessori style. And the parents had to volunteer a certain number of hours, which I just loved because I didn't want to be away from my mom. And, (laughs) and we had chickens and we had bikes we could ride around. And then there was art projects inside. And there was very, there were a few times during the day that we came together in community and did things, sing songs or whatever, but it all flowed. And I think back to that and I'm like, oh, wow, there was probably some point in time in there, much less obvious than, you know, a lot of people go to, well, 
at some age I was told I couldn't sing or I couldn't draw or whatever. And that kind of stuck with me. Okay. Well, yeah, there's that. And we can also as adults see that love that inner child part of us and, and kind of reintegrate that. But then there's something much more insidious about the ways that we've been told days need to happen. Mm-hmm. And then the creative element is taken out of that entirely. And what you're living and what I'm living now is the possibility that every single day, every single thing we do, and then also kind of the larger picture of our lives, where we're living, who we're interacting with, all that, all of it is asking us to create. And even people with like, quote unquote, like normal full-time jobs, like that is what you're, you are voluntarily creating that with your energy by engaging in that. And right, wrong, or indifferent, but we truly are creative beings. And I think, oh my God, yes. Like we can't yeah. shout that from the rooftops enough, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. hundred percent. Yes. And to speak to that, like those folks who are working those nine to five jobs, it was like, I remember not liking that experience, but then creating my own experience of it. So I no, 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 I didn't like the job. But then I chose to create a story around it that helped me show up every day in a positive way. Like Mm -hmm. I felt grateful for the paycheck. Mm -hmm. I felt grateful for the people I was around. I really enjoyed them. You know, Mm -hmm. so always knowing that we can take that view. It's not all just like, oh, this is happening to me. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, I love that quote. Like, I don't know, unknown. I don't know who said it, but life is happening right for us, not Mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. And it's a reality. I love this too, to be experienced. Mm -hmm. It's not, life isn't just like something we've buckled up for and are just like being whipped around left and right. Even though, I mean, it can feel that way at times. And I think we need to honor that when it does feel that way. But when we have even the like, littlest glimmer of light all the way up to feeling fully lit up, like using all of that energy to remind ourselves and each other that we are creating this experience and that our life as a whole is made up of the experiences that we're creating and the interactions that we have each and every single day. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Just getting and seeing it as that and seeing it as an opportunity mm-hmm. to create what you truly want. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of which you've been creating new community with yes. your clients. So will you talk about that a little bit? Cause it's so cool. Yes. So um, just, and so my business is the Dharma collective and it is truly a collective of humans doing what they're passionate, passionate about, which I love, but we're, I'm trying to bring more collective elements to it. Um, So each month now I'm offering the Dharma collective sessions and it's where we get together and we come together as like-minded entrepreneurs to just talk about what we're working on and talk about where we're at and to know that we're not alone in it. Because I know for me as a solopreneur at times, it's like, you know, I feel, I feel on my own little silo, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that it's so important to come together Mm -hmm. and to really share that space. So it's been really fun to do that. Mm, I love that. And what do you, what do you vision for your business? Like in 2021, 2022, like, where are you going? 
another great question. Um, let's see. So I am just trying to expand and build and grow and serve more people uh, in terms of their brands and their websites and just offering those services to really help people get their work out into the world so mm -hmm. that we can all evolve and grow together. And so doing more of that and hopefully hiring, you know, I'll be hiring a team here in the next few mm. years to help me. That's kind of where my vision is to do that as well. So we'll see. I love that because it's like even more of your energy and your zone of genius. Mm -hmm. And then the opportunities that you give to others yeah. By letting them see into how you're walking your Dharma, how you're serving others. And uh, it just feels so, there's so much possibility and there's so much of the, like, I don't know how it's going to happen, or I don't know how it could ever make money or whatever that hold people back from truly doing the thing that they really, really want to do. And there's so many old stories that if you really love doing something, don't make it a job because then it's going to have this heavy weight on you. But I really believe that where we're going in the age of Aquarius and the new earth, the unity consciousness is no, like it's quite the opposite. It's like now is the time when everything is possible, like to be yes on all fronts. Yes, it can be collaborative. Yes, it can be your dharma. Yes, it can make money. Yes, it can help others. Yes, you're going to be using your gifts. And the more that we can remind each other of that and interrelate on that level and invite more and more people to that party, the potential for the ripple effect is just, uh, I have no huge. words for it. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's huge. It's amazing. And I love how you put that, just saying yes to those possibilities and that there is that possibility there that we can even say yes to, that we can have those things in our lives and, um, and we can walk this walk together is just so, so crucial. And like you said, just reminding each other of that um, mm. and inviting people to the party. Mm. And everyone listening, you are invited. It's very, it's a very that. fun party. <laughs> I love that. And so if people are wanting to work with you, because I mean, all I can say is that anything I ever do when it needs to become visual, you are my woman. <laughs> oh, so I'll put that information in the show notes. And if you are listening and you want to poke around my webpage, Cass did my webpage so beautifully and brilliantly. And it's, if you're early on your journey and you're just bringing something to life, don't wait. Like this is one of those investments that I don't even know how else to explain it. I guess you use the term doula. So we'll stick with this analogy for a moment because I think people can probably get on board with this. Nobody hesitates to buy the right crib that they perceive is best for their baby or the right stroller or receive it as a baby shower gift or whatever before the baby has been born, right? Like there's a certain handful of things that aren't inexpensive, but that are like super important to receiving the baby. And I feel like visual identity and visual energy and visual alchemy. And it's so much a part of the inviting 
So in that analogy, you're inviting the baby into the space and you're already having some tools, the car seat for crying out loud to even get home from the hospital. You're already having some things that you just know are necessary in order to invite this new being into your space and have its very real needs taken care of right out, right out the gate. Right. And it feels, that feels so similar. And then the additional part is that you have like, what if the person who is helping you get all those things in your house is also your doula, which actually probably happens quite a bit. The doulas are probably the ones who know best, like what the best car seat is or what the best, you know what I mean? And so it's like, you are that for businesses and you truly, (laughs) your business doesn't feel birthed in my experience until you've got that visual identity. You have an understanding because then through that alchemical process, there's a whole new energy for then you to tap into and tune into as a human Mm -hmm. and to continue to allow it to be nurtured and to grow. And so it's just, oh my God, it's, it's vital in that really, really early stage. It is. And to, I just love the whole analogy. That's, I always say it's like kind of like a business baby, you know, like I know for me, I'm I'm not sure if I'm going to have kids, but I know that I'm nurturing and growing my own business and helping others to do the same, but that I see the, this work as so vital and important because when people, I, you know, when I, pass along, you know, the visual identity, the website, there's a level of confidence and they're set up for success. Like you cannot, that level of confidence is so big, especially as you're starting out because you're like, I, I look good doing this. I know what I'm doing. I'm communicating effectively. I'm inviting people into this experience. Well, people want to be a part of this. And to have someone along for that journey and help you is, I think it's so important Mm -hmm. because you want to make sure that it's done well and that it's done right. And that you're not just like slapping things together and seeing if it sticks, you know, like it's really creating something sound that can grow and expand as you do. Yeah. And I know the first thing that I do, if I come across a new business, if it's a storefront, if it's on Instagram, if it's by word of mouth. For me to do like the very basic background check, it's like, what does the website look like? What is its energy? And is this something I can get on board with? Right. And so like, that's just kind of the way things are now. We expect Mm -hmm. a professional image online and it's, um, I don't know. I just can't emphasize enough how huge it's been for my own transformation for me, because part of this thing that we birth when we birth a business, just like I'm sure people do when they birth a child too. Like if you're not careful, you birth all your insecurities into that thing too, right? Like, (laughs) so you have to stay super clear that this is its own thing that wants to grow and flourish and that you're learning just as much about it as you're, as you're telling it what it is, you know, it's like, it's such an exchange on that front. And so once we bring it to life with colors and textures and images and its own sense of being, then we get to see it more and more as that observer and not something that needs to take on our own insecurities, not something that, and especially so many people now, their name is their business, you know? And Mm -hmm. so it can be hard for the ego to stay clear of like this, 
this is a thing. This is an entity. This is a beautiful living pulsing thing, even though it happens to have my same name. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And to see it as such and then honor it and give it what it needs to truly thrive and succeed. Mm, yeah. I love that so much. And in my experience, yeah. it, you are, you are the alchemist for me. So <laughs> oh, thanks, Tina. I know it's always such a joy collaborating, collaborating and working together. Mm. So thank yeah. you so much for co-creating this with me. And I hope you have an absolutely beautiful rest of your week. And I'm sending you huge love. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me.